right, everybody, we are back. It is episode number 29 of the Still City Insider Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, but not the most important one. I'm Jeremy Richson. I'm alongside the Jim Wexel here, episode 29. And this is going to be a great show because the NFL draft wrapped up. We have new Pittsburgh Steelers about. We're going to get into all that here today. But Jim, how are you doing? I'm good. I, I, I know you're trying to be humble, but you are the most important. I wouldn't know what to do with the technolo- technological end of this podcast. So you are definitely the most important one here. Is there anyone below us? I mean, we're used to having three. Like I know. <laughs> I know. It, this is a little bit of break. Uh, we had BMAC on there, Wolf Lee. Um, uh, geez, Matt Cecil was on here. We had Cecil, Shane on. Shane Hallam. Yep. Yeah. So this is the first time it's just been you and I in, in a long time. And uh, I don't know if that's for better or for worse, but, you know, we got a lot to talk about. We have new Pittsburgh Steelers to to really dig into. Yeah. We're going to talk about the draft. We'll recap all the picks rounds one through seven. Um, we were going to get into some of the undrafted rookie free agents. Maybe we'll touch on that if we have some time. And then also the signing of DeMonte Casey. I think I'm saying that right, who has um, experience in the NFL at safety and corner and what that means for Terrell Edmonds. But let's start, Jim. We'll jump right in here. The speculation about quarterback at pick 20 was accurate. We didn't know who that player would be, but it ends up being Kenny Pickett, number 20 out of the University of Pittsburgh. You know, a lot of people are saying, wow, Tomlin really put up a smoke screen. Everybody thought he was going to take Malik Willis. I think most people had Malik Willis in mind because they assumed Kenny Pickett would be would be gone, right? Yeah. And he did talk a lot about mobile quarterbacks, but Kevin Colbert talked a lot about accuracy in quarterbacks, and that's what Pickett has. And that, that makes me happier than they were going <laughs> to stretch, reach on this accuracy issue. I've, I saw some analytics that had Desmond Ritter as accurate from 15 yards and beyond. And then I watch him. I know you like him, but he wasn't that accurate. Pickett, Pickett was the most accurate. So, I mean, just in, in general, I know you want to talk about Pickett specifically for a minute, but in general, it's exciting. These, yeah. these offensive players they drafted, you know, I mean, we, we'll, we'll nitpick them apart. We'll get into the details and bring them down off the uh, pedestal, but you know, you look at Pickett, Pickens, Austin. You got you got the big, tall, fast uh, uh, outside receiver. You got the quarterback. You got the big, tall, fast outside receiver. You got the short, shifty sprinter, four three two sprinter at slot, and then you got Connor Hayward, a real nice wild card as a um, tight end slash fullback hybrid. Yeah. That all sounds good. I mean, it sounded good when they drafted Jalen Samuels too. But um, and then the other quarterback, uh, uh, the um, Chris Oladokun. Yeah, is it Oladokun or Olokadun? I can't. Oladokun. No, he Oladokun. told Oladokun. I thought, <laughs> oh, that's easy. Okie dokie. Oladokun. That sounds like something up from Lancaster. Yeah. Well, uh, he's good looking. Uh, I'd be for a seventh round quarterback. I like the looks of him. So these offensive players are very exciting, but they need a defense. This was the worst run defense in team history. Mm-hmm. I, 
hey, you know, you go, you go where the flow leads you. Yeah. And they got, they got legitimate. I mean, look how they confounded the Ravens with Calvin Austin in the fourth round. They were going to pick him with the next pick. And they had Peter King in the, in the war room who reported that uh, one of them said, what somebody said something in the background king wrote uh oh uh you know uh what the hell or something like that yeah but um so i mean you know these were good value picks but they the defense is a bit worrisome still we can get into that when we get into the third round pick but what did you want to talk about with Pickett? yeah so just with kenny pickett you know the the uh, the biggest thing, at least from what I've read and listened to um, these past several months here leading up to the draft, is that he's got a high floor but a low ceiling, uh, meaning that he is already peaked out. He's capped out. He played five years at Pitt. Um, that there's not a – I guess to use a Tomlinism against Pickett, that there's not a lot of meat left on that bone. Do you agree with that assessment of Pickett, or do you think he has an opportunity to – grow and develop and actually be a, I don't want to use the word elite, um, but can he be a high quality top 10 quarterback for the Steelers? Well, I don't know. Let's just watch him at rookie minicamp first. You know, everybody's getting ahead of themselves. And that's why I say, you know, I, I really think that the rookie quarterback is not going to play in the opener. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a, a battle between Trubisky and Rudolph to start the opener. And then the coaches take it from there. It's just the opener right now. They win now. Win, well, who can help me win today? So uh, all the um, raving and all the excitement about Pickett has to be tempered a little bit. I mean, don't get too excited. I know people hate me when I say this because I, I think if you're go- if a coach is going to say, hey, I, I, I got to go with the veteran early in the year till the rookie rookie's head isn't swimming. Because this is a lot more complicated. I know he played five years at Pitt, and people want to say it's the same offense. It really isn't. It's a lot more complicated up here. And he was always quick to leave the pocket in college. They weren't really noticeably happy feet, but he was quick to evacuate. And the NFL is going to be busier, more complicated, and the line is going to be worse in the opener, especially. This line is not going to be ready yet. I know they've, they're going to make major strides this year. But I, that first game, you're going to need a veteran. So if you're going to need a veteran, then why wouldn't Rudolph have the edge over Trubisky? Since what you want out of a veteran is knowledge of, of the offense and how an NFL defense works and how uh, uh, making all your, your checks and everything at the line how that works and, 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 you know, Rudolph, I know people, people say it's changed. The offense is going to change. It's still the same offensive coordinator mm-hmm. and it's not going to change that much. Yeah. Uh, so I think Rudolph has a puncher's chance. I actually, I, I, I would install him as a favorite mm-hmm. and everybody would swamp me with bets. So it, you know, it, I would, I think I would be like Vegas and, you know, look bad before, but count all the money after. <laughs> well, I, I agree with you that I think the best case scenario for Pickett and any of these guys that they would have drafted at 20, they need to let it, let them sit, let one of the veterans get in here, just give him that space to grow and develop instead of throwing him into the fire, especially because, yeah, they added James Daniels, they added Mason Cole, but you, you don't know what the chemistry is going to be with that offensive line. 
So I think that's the best case scenario. I'd have to disagree with you on the Mason Rudolph piece. Um, I would have to think Colbert was trying to make some calls to to ship him out, but Why? they weren't able to pull anything off. So Why? I mean, you're, you're just guessing there. That's a well, total guess. I just, I, this I is a wonder... team that's had uh, a Charlie Batch, Byron Leftwich, and Ben Roethlisberger on the same team. And I think Dennis Dixon was on that team too. But at what point is Mason Rudolph, is he – does he say, am I really going to get an opportunity here? They brought in Trubisky. Now they draft a quarterback at 20. Does he – and I know that they're saying all the right things. Tomlin's saying that he's going to have an opportunity to compete. I think he's saying the right things by including Pickett mm-hmm. in this three-man battle. Yeah. I Because I, I don't think Pickett really is a, a feasible candidate. I don't. Right, right. I think that it's it's better suited for him to be later in the year, but – um Again, you know, it's it's not even later in the year. They're not even have a plan. It's how things happen. mm -hmm. Hey, maybe he comes and lights it up in preseason, right? And 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 we all see it, but he's we've got to see it. Yeah, one hundred. And and we just can't assume that it's going to happen, right? And uh, you know, I I highly doubt they were trying to trade Rudolph. No, they 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 want a veteran backup. They they want to win this year, right? So then, how do you account for the? You know, not only the drafting of Pickett at 20, but then you have, I'm going to mess it up okay. again. So, Owen Duncan. Owen Duncan. so Duncan. you want to have two rookies backing up Mitch Trubisky. I'm not saying, this is, I'm not the GM. You're, you're trading Rudolph before Ola Duncan has even come to rookie minicamp. Come on. I'm just asking, what, what's the logic there then of burning that uh, seventh round pick on Oh, because he has no chance of getting there this year. You, He better not get on the playing field this year. Yeah, I'm not he's saying. a practice squad guy. Mm-hmm. There is not going to be one person, one team that picks him up on the waivers. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> if they would if they would think that highly of him to take him unseen from their own practices, they would have drafted him before the seventh round. Mm-hmm. And if you lose a seventh round and waivers, if something, they're not going to lose him. They're yeah. going to put him on a practice squad, and he's going to be your number three next year. If if he shows anything, I think he looks looks decent on tape for a seventh rounder. He's really but there is no there is no way they were trying to trade Rudolph. No mm-hmm. way. Now if Pickett comes into camp and lights it up in training camp in pads, and maybe in a preseason game, and then somebody uh, loses a quarterback, and you've got more leverage then. Yeah. Then maybe, and maybe they trade Rudolph then. But well, that would be you know, right now. What would you get for Rudolph that you're not going to get as a sixth round, seventh round comp pick when he leaves as a free agent? I don't. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get much for him, regardless. Right. Yeah. Right. He's cheap. He's a veteran. He's he's a good kid. He's a hard worker. He won't he won't uh, he won't sit on the bench and whine. Mm-hmm. And he'll just keep working. And that's, I guess that would be my concern is, and you would know this obviously better than, than I would, but what, what is his mindset after they sign Trubisky and after they draft two quarterbacks, is he, is he salty or is he too bad? Is he Ben Roethlisberger? I mean, too bad. What's his (laughs) mindset? He's probably a little disappointed, but he had to see it all coming. Mm -hmm. He, he, he just, he's just going to work. That's how he is. He's just going to work. And you think he's and just from what it sounds like, you feel like he'll rise to the occasion and be the starter week one. Well, is that a, is that a just, proclamation? I'm fa- I I said I favored him. Okay. I, I didn't I didn't make a proclamation. <laughs> I said I favored him because okay. he has the experience. 
that's just 28 years of covering this league. Yeah. And I, you know, it's not new. Nothing's new. It's not. Right. I mean, Johnny Unitas didn't get his chance when he was a number four guy because uh, the coach, the coach thought it was Dan Rooney. Dan Rooney knew him from high school and Dan Rooney wanted him in the draft. And he was making noise about the eighth, ninth round. Walt Kiesling didn't appreciate this Rooney kid telling him what to do. Mm-hmm. So they got Unitas and he never played him at all in the preseason. Never. And Rooney begged Kiesling and then the young Rooney's, the ball boys, wrote a letter to the chief and the chief said, let the coaches coach. And that became the Steelers way. Let the coaches coach. So the owner didn't get involved. And, and, you know, Jim Finks, he, uh, he didn't like Kiesling and Jim Finks was a starting quarterback and he was fading and uh, he was having a tough time with Kiesling and Kiesling kicked him off the team in Portland. They were in Portland doing a, a preseason game. Mm-hmm. And they kicked Finks off the team, but they Finks wanted paid. He wanted the airfare home, and the Steelers wouldn't pay it, so they kept him on the team, and that's how they lost Johnny Unitas. Wow! But anyway, so that's neither here nor there. All right, I've well, got all these draft stories in my head because of that book I just wrote. <laughs> when it, do you do you have a date on that for when that's going to be coming out? It's coming out in November. November. Yeah. All right. So we'll have to. Uh, we'll definitely be talking about that as we get closer. We, uh, to November. We were. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So yeah, we'll, well, we'll, anyway, anyway, uh, I don't see, uh, yeah. Uh, Trubisky is probably a better quarterback, but Mason knows, uh, the system knows, uh, and he's not that bad. This is not Brian St. Pierre. People just want to bury this guy. He's just not that bad, but, um, mm-hmm. it's obvious the Steelers want to move in another direction. He'll get his chance. And, um, um, there's only three preseason games. Yeah, that's right. That's not going to help pick it. No. Or a newcomer. And the coach is going to want to go with familiarity in the opener. Yeah. So I'm going to collect all the money. I just, I know everybody's down on me. I'm getting crushed and ratioed and, and booed and yelled at. Just, I still love you, Jim. It's all, it's all good. I, I know. I keep hearing that from you guys, but it don't do nothing for me. Stop ratioing me! Oh man. Well, hey, we'll we'll stop on it. We'll stop with the picket, and we'll we'll move on to uh, the second round here. George Pickens, wide receiver, out of Georgia, and um, I, this guy. Wow, this guy. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he looks like he is. Uh, he's ready to go. He he's seems the- aggressive and ferocious, and uh, I I like that in a wide receiver. Your thoughts? Well, to me, he's the real exciting pick. Yeah. You know, everybody went from – there's a lot of people saying, don't draft a quarterback, you don't need one. Then they draft one, and the, the guys that you thought were good enough to not need one, they got to go. But, and, and so that's just – a quarterback is a more difficult position to win the job and take the job. But receiver, I mean, this guy. First thing I saw of him was his arms. Uh, so this is no skinny. Uh, I mean, he, you know, you look at him, 195 and 6'3". Six, 6'3". Six, three, six, three. Six, three yeah. And you think, wow, 195, he must be skinny. And you look at the arms, you said, wow, this guy works. And then that's what I heard. A scout told me that this guy doesn't mess around. He is not going to be led by Chase Claypool into being a jerk. 
<laughs> was basically how this long conversation truncates to that uh, this guy is a hard worker. He's in the AB mold. Now, I've heard that he's a bit of a jerk. And somebody said that he's already lied about the speed limit. He told the reporters he was only going 20 when uh, the police report has him at 60. Mm. That that recent little accident they had. Yeah. Uh, so people are looking at his character already, and that's the position. Yeah. But as long as he works hard, right? Yeah. And I saw I saw him being interviewed by a mob after his pro day. Seemed like a nice guy to me. I, I've seen salty wide receivers. He didn't he didn't have much salt. I mean, if he's not he's not gonna baby somebody's these college reporters want and and they think they deserve everyone's respect. We in the pro game know that's just not happening. Yeah. <laughs> you just some guys like you and some guys don't. You can't whine about it. But uh, 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 so Pickens has a little um, demerit going in for character suspicions. But I don't know if he's a hard worker. Who cares? Yeah. And I mean, you want your players to have an edge, especially at that position. Did you happen to see that? uh, I don't even I wouldn't call it a highlight, but a low light where he just was going to town on a (laughs) player. I forget. Was it Oklahoma State? Uh, maybe Air Force. I can't remember who the Cincinnati? opponent was. Cincinnati. Hey, Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, but man, he was. He the was only thing I didn't like about that. I mean, he's going to cost his team fifteen. But I mean, he was wailing on the guy's <laughs> helmet with his fist. Not smart. No. I, I I I I can't. I can't say I don't like. Excuse the double negative. But I can't say I don't like the aggression. Yeah. Yeah. But, don't, don't break your hand. <laughs> no, no. Well, hopefully Tomlin and Frisman Jackson can can rein that in and channel that aggressiveness positively. And uh, but what? I mean, he's he can catch uh, in terms of combat catches. If it gets anywhere in his radius, he's bringing that ball in. Yeah, yeah. So he, he looks like T. Higgins to me. He he's uh, he's impressive. He's impressed. He's not a guy I did a lot of study on prior to the draft. I did see him. Uh, Ray Fittipaldo had him mocked a couple times in the second round and some other guys. But um, well, a lot of Pittsburgh guys wanted him. It was a lot of that was a big Pittsburgh pick. They were looking at him as possible first round pick, too. I'm talking about the draft analysts. Right. Well, he definitely fits the mold. And uh, it's exciting to to think about what he can bring to the table. And then we'll, we'll jump over to the third round. We you're defensive line gets addressed here um, with a guy, DeMarvin Leal, more of a defensive end. He's a tweener. Um, he's going to need some development. There's no doubt about it. 6'3", 283 pounds. He's not going to be able to anchor in the run game yet, but he is twitchy, explosive, can bring something in in the uh, pass rush. Um, what's your assessment of Leal, and how do you see him uh, growing and developing and contributing to this team? 283. I mean, he's he's a he's a tweener on a tweener team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, lose twenty pounds, and you're you're Lamar Woodley. I thought about that. Is there any chance that they could maybe try to get him on the outside? Or well, I, I you know I think he could be an outside guy in a four man rush if you're using your nickel. But you're not. You, how often do you want to take those outside linebackers off the field? Yeah. Now they 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 do that 
three outside linebacker thing. He started with Melvin Ingram. Mm. So maybe there's playing time there. Um, and I don't know. Do you add 20 pounds and move inside? I know he, he, he did a lot of, and I watched him play a lot of nose against Alabama. And not that he did all that much. He did, he did intercept the ball. Did you see these interceptions? I did see that. Yeah. Do you see who tackled him? I didn't see who tackled him. 43 yard return. He's running and rumbling and bumbling and stumbling Uh, off the screen comes a blur just from way off the screen. And I love, uh, I use, I remember Adrian Peterson did it ran down an interception 70 yards on the other side of the field. I really like that. And I like interceptions. You can see who wants it as a football player. When the offensive guy runs them down, he ran them down from off the screen Number 22. You remember number 22 for Alabama a few years ago? Oh, Najee. Najee. I'm not surprised. No, no. He's a football he, player. He was a, it was a great hustle play. It was a great yeah. hustle play. So I'm going to ask Leal about that. I I, I, <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to get these guys. You know, we haven't been able to interview the – I don't – I've never met Chase Claypool. Mm-hmm. You know, all these, some of these guys, I, I'm used to knowing them all and, and yeah. having a better report for you, but now we're going to get to know them all and we can get them to know them personally and what makes them tick and things like that, how well liked they are by their teammates and things like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, Leal is a real tweener. Um, interesting, interesting. And, you know, uh, he had Chris Owens. There's a quote from Chris Owens, the, free agent center from Alabama, the Steelers signed after the draft said Leal is a handful. He said, he's got to be a top 10 pick. This was a couple of years ago when Leal was playing a lot of nose mm-hmm. at 283 at nose. I don't know if he's going to help that run defense. Yeah. So it, it, it must mean to it is on his way back. Agreed. And Alu Alu, Alu Alu. I was corrected. Alu Alu Alu. Alu. Alu Alu. No, I was oh, saying Alu, Alu? Alu, Alu. Alu said, the difference. They go, you can't hear the difference. What's the matter with you? Alu Alu. <laughs> okay. I stand corrected Alu, there too. <laughs> well, we got, we got Maddie Alu and Jesus Alu. That's what we're thinking of. Alu Alu. Okay. So he must be coming back uh, well from his surgery and they must be somewhat happy with the depth, Wormley and all those guys. So I I don't know if they have time. I don't know if this guy's going to be able to help them. But yeah. the run defense, they must believe that they're on their way to fixing it because a 283 pound interior defensive lineman is not going to help. No. Run. And I, I think he'll probably get some just some uh, spot duty this year. But what does that mean for some of these guys on the back end um, of the depth chart on the defensive line? Like uh, Henry Mondo, does he go to the practice squad or even? Montrevis Adams, um, you know, they signed him, I think, to a two-year deal. Um, does that have an impact? Does it push some of those guys off the roster? Or? Well, that's the other – that's the same as the quarterback thing I was trying to say. Let's wait to see what they show. Mm-hmm. Let's wait. Let's see. Yeah. You know, I, I on paper, yeah, it, it it hurts Mondo. It hurts Carlos Davis and his brother, Khalil, who was just picked up. Mm-hmm. They have the tw- their twin brothers. Those three guys are, are going to be hurt. On paper, yeah. Let's see what they can do in camp. Right. It's just more competition. Right. But you know, Leal has got a scholarship. The third round pick, you have to be really bad to get cut. And this guy's 
this guy, it's, it's more of a weight, a physical thing. It's not uh, that he's going to be a bad football player. So when I think of third round picks that have, that were cut and I, Alonzo Jackson comes to mind, was he a third rounder? Yeah, but he wasn't cut for a couple of years. Yeah, no, was he was a second rounder. Oh, he's a he second round. Second rounder who they had a first round grade on. You know, I keep hearing this about Mason Rudolph. People want to denigrate him. Yeah, but he had a first round grade. How could they do that? They they have that all the time. And Alonzo Jackson had a first round grade. If yeah. they didn't trade up for Polamalu, Alonzo Jackson was in the mix for the first round. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what a bad pick! <laughs> well, but he wasn't cut his first year. Those 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 third round picks pretty much have scholarships. Yeah. So we can count on Layal being on the roster. And another guy, maybe the most exciting selection of the Steelers in the fourth round, Calvin Austin. My Lord. You mentioned at the, the start of uh, the podcast, his 4-3-2-40. He can stretch the field. He was a uh, track and field sprint champion in high school, um, ran track and field in college. So the guy can move. He could take the top off the defense. The challenge with him, he's 5'8", 170 pounds, up against bigger corners. Is he going to be able to you know, defeat yeah. the coverage? Um, but there's a lot to be excited about him. There is, just just the raw speed. I mean, uh, did you see his punt return against Mississippi State? Is that the one where it bounced and he uh, bounced off the player and he picked it up and ran it? It bounced off a Mississippi State player who yeah. touched it. Yeah. And and then it, it settled at the five, and a Mississippi State player touched it down. And an official comes in like this. Now I couldn't hear a whistle. I, he's coming in to mark it, and, and Austin picks it up and runs. And they and <laughs> right in front of the official who was doing this, yeah. right in front of him. I mean, it, it was very controversial, and uh, he took off. So I mean, the guy could pick up a loose ball and scamper. And let me say this about the times. It seems like the Indianapolis track is now a fast track. The Steelers did say we had him at four fours. And Kevin Colbert doesn't usually say that about a player when he, when they have them slower than the official time. And it's rare that the official time uh, from the lasers are, are is, is faster than the, the hand watches. But, you know, Kevin Colbert trusts his scouts. They all know they've been there for a long time. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, I got to believe that the Indianapolis track's a little fast. So maybe Pickens is a 4-5 guy instead of a 4-4-7. Four, four, so four, four, seven. You know, maybe he is closer to T. Higgins than and people want to believe. But it's still, he's still big, fast, strong, yeah. and great hands. But um, – so I don't know that Austin's going to be pure four three two. The Steelers said they had him in the four fours, but I mean, I don't see him getting open much. When I watched the tape against Mississippi State, uh, and there was a, there's a, a nice uh, YouTube about uh, just the, the 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 reps, the snaps that Chance Gardner, Chance Sauce, I'm Chance, I'm from being there. If you ever saw that movie. Chauncey Gardner. Gardner. There was a player a couple years ago out of Florida, Chauncey Gardner. Uh, Okay, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Yeah, and we used to ask him, have you ever seen a movie being there? He goes, no, but I get this question all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It was a classic Peter Sellers movie. But um, uh, Sauce Gardner went third in the draft, was covering Austin. 
And Austin really didn't get open, but he did. He did blow past him. Uh, he, he, oh, Gardner! Gardner cut in front of him to knock a ball down mm-hmm. and missed. And uh, uh, Austin caught it and took off. I, I don't know if he scored, but it was a forty-yard play, something like yeah. that. Just catch and run. Um, the guy can move. You get a screen for him. There was some good yeah. blocking I saw, uh, and he just gone. Yeah. But he's really a raw route runner, and as a slot receiver. He's going to need a lot more savvy. Quarterbacks rely on those slot guys like they do tight ends. Mm. It, it's it's a, a real instinct. It's a real uh, security blanket for the quarterback. They have to be thinking along the same same lines. So that's going to take time for him to get that. I don't see him being much of an outside guy at all. Maybe rarely, every now and then, they just want to send him deep. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, he he's not a a, a great. Um, what do they call that? Uh, um, not a great target. He's a he's a little uh, target. They have a scouting term for it. Um, but he's he's fast. I, I'm much more excited about Pickens, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the fact that the Ravens were hopes were dashed. They wanted him badly. And the other thing is, uh, Gardner was asked after the game. Uh, oh no, he was asked at the combine. They showed a clip. Uh, it's on that same YouTube. They asked him at the comma, who's the toughest receiver? And he said, Calvin Austin. Yeah. So that that's coming from the third pick of the draft. Yeah. And he's much taller. And that could have been part of the problem. He's a little too tall. Right. Uh, for uh, Austin. Well, and two, you think of the Steelers acumen when it comes to drafting wide receivers. You know, this guy in the fourth round just has all the makings of being the guy who just jumps out. Um, and is able to produce. And I can't wait to see him out there preseason. And, you know, I, I think you're right. They'll be sending him on some go routes to probably try to get him worked into the screen game or some of those jet sweeps. Yeah, he's going to be more of a slot guy, and that's going to take time. Yeah. Yeah, he'll do that jet sweep stuff and, you know, <laughs> you know how old that gets so quick. Well, Canada's got his pieces now, so there's really no – uh there's no excuses. This no year. excuse. No, but you have two. And really, Pickens can stretch the field as well. So now you have two guys who can do that. You're pairing them with Johnson and Claypool. You got Freyermuth, Harris. It should be on paper, like you said earlier, on paper, it looks promising. But when the rubber hits the road, we we don't, we won't know what the chemistry is here. It, it, it's going to take a little time, but it is exciting. You know, when you throw Pickett in there and you're, you're looking a couple years down the road. You pick it with all of those guys. Yeah. That's exciting. That is exciting. It really is. Because, I mean, no matter what you say about uh, Pickett, um, it took him five years and he's a little older. He's still a cool customer, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and, boy, I wanted to ask him. I forgot to ask him about the uh, the slide. Oh, that, that was that? classic. That's going to be that? forevermore. But I, I think that was just um, – I think he just changed his mind. I don't think that was a ploy. See, I think he – I think it was a snap. I mean, I don't think he was intentionally going in like, all right, I'm going to fake this. I think it was just – I think he's got a natural feel for the game too. I think that yeah. was an example of it. He was – It just changed his mind. Yeah, and he, he was able to mind. athletically – I think he intended off. to slide and then said, I don't have to. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think he was like, 
waiting to break out that move. And no, no, I, I don't agree with that either. Yeah. No. All right. Well, we uh, hit the fourth rounder, no fifth round pick. Then we get into the sixth round, Mark Robinson out of Ole Miss, linebacker, converted running back, uh, one-year starter. Are you going to pass on the head, head junior? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I did. I, I, I mixed up the first seventh round pick and a sixth round pick. Connor Hayward, sixth round. My bad. Fullback, oh. halfback, H-back, tight end, whatever you want to call him. He does it all. He's versatile. He's not extremely good uh, or great running the ball or catching the ball, but he's he's good. He's a football player, and he, he always seems to make a play. Um, I, I tell you, I covered Ironhead. I loved Ironhead, man. That's when I really loved Pitt. I'm a Pitt grad, and I, I, I've I've lost. I've lost it. It's, it just doesn't interest me anymore. Mm-hmm. But man, I loved Pitt back then, and I loved Ironhead. <laughs> and I have forgotten about his mannerisms until I watched tape of Connor after they drafted him. That's the, he's got the he's got the idiosyncrasies. He's got the mannerisms. That's Ironhead. Mm-hmm. Now he wasn't carrying six people five yards you know <laughs> like the head used to that guy was incredible but he i mean he he's he's strong enough yeah uh he's just a little different athlete and that's why they got a little tight end action little h-back little fullback he's not the tailback but i think he can be an emergency tailback oh yeah i think you know remember when um uh they had anton randall and one year they only kept two quarterbacks it was for a brief time, but the thinking was that, hey, Randall L can be an emergency quarterback for us. And I don't think it ever came to pass. He threw a lot of passes, he did. but I don't think he took snaps as an emergency quarterback. But that, that's the same with Hayward. When you're looking at numbers and, you know, you boy, we got to keep an extra. We got to keep Leal on scholarship. Yeah, where do we make up for this number? Well, let's cut uh, Anthony McFarland because we have Connor Hayward can be the emergency tailback if we need a third one. Yeah. I think he could do it. I was watching him run, and boy, he would be so honored to do it too, because oh, yeah. he thinks he's been he he was ripped off when he had he had a, two good years as a tailback at Michigan State. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and then they they got that superstar uh, Walker. Is that yeah. his name, Kenneth yeah, Walker? Kenneth Walker. Wow. So they moved uh, uh, Connor, but man, I saw him uh, carry the ball on tape. And I saw the iron head idiosyncrasies, the long arms, the, the uh, stocky torso, um, just the, the, the idiosyncrasies I, I, that I hadn't thought about in so many years. Oh, man, it was great to see. You, do, you don't see any of those idiosyncrasies with Cam, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's just too tall. Yeah. He, he said his dad told him at a young age, don't even think about playing running back. You're too tall. <laughs> <laughs> and he never did. He never in, in any midget ball, anything like that. Yeah. But Connor looks like the head. And uh, it's interesting. He's only 5'11". It's going to be, like I said, we can nitpick these guys. Uh, in general, when we look at him, it's cool to have a Connor Hayward. But when you start, how's he going to play? What's he going to do? He's 5'11". Can he block? Does that mean Derek Watt's going to get cut? So. Yeah. A C- couple thoughts on uh, Hayward there. Um I think he can also be he maybe he's your third tight end too. I mean, he could 
maybe do that as well. So I think there the versatility is great. He's got an awkward build and body shape, and I'm not body shaming here. I'm just saying it, his build is really unique. He's got a uh, a thicker upper body, um, but it's it, it's just unique for the position, and that's the only way that I could describe this guy. But I'm going to make a comparison here, and there are no similarities uh, in the body types of the players and what their roles were. Um, but how I see Hayward is, and watching him at Michigan State, he always picked up that three, four, five, six, seven yards, converted a third down, can make a big play when needed, not like a big splash play. But I remember Moel Day Moore back in 2008, completely different players, but it seemed like he always made a play on third down when it was needed. I, I, I don't, for whatever reason, that's what I think of. Completely different players, body type, but similar <laughs> in terms of what they could deliver. So it's an exciting pick. Uh, so, I know a lot okay. of people. I'll, I'll buy into your, um, it's it's the savvy, the acumen, the the heart and soul, the will and the want, the knowledge of where that stick is. Yeah. that That's all natural. That's all inside him. That's not something anybody taught him. It's just, yeah, he's, he's got that. Yeah. Now, I think. The um, other comparison is Jalen Samuels, because Samuels was a tight end who could, really couldn't block. I think I think they like how Connor can block in line, even though he's only five eleven. Yeah. Uh, and Jalen Samuels, they they put him with the running backs coach. He was in the running backs room. He did some wing stuff, some H back stuff, but he was not anywhere close to what they're going to do with Connor. So even though they're the same size and the same kind of positions in college, uh, I think Connor is going to be a tougher, tougher, tougher dude. I agree. I I think he'll contribute to that offense. They'll find, he'll find a role, not that they'll find a role. He'll, he'll work his way in there uh, for a few snaps a game and his versatility. He's definitely exciting. And then uh, I transferred. (laughs) <laughs> I transpose the picks here. So seventh round, first seventh rounder, Mark Robinson, Old Miss, linebacker, converted running back, uh, walked on it, Old Miss, started one year, good tackler, short tackler, uh, not much in coverage, just a raw prospect. Thoughts? I, I think of James Harrison when I watched him. Now, they play different positions. And the thing about James Harrison was that brute strength, the leverage, getting underneath. This guy doesn't play that position. And those great things about Harrison, are, are, are they're not there. We haven't seen him. They haven't even tried him at that position. But the way he runs and the love of contact, you can see he has a real taste for contact. He is a run stuffer. Yes. Now, and, 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 you know, here I am crying about no run stuffers. This seventh rounder is a run stuffer. But he has to show he can he's not going to kill you in coverage because he, I just didn't see much coverage. I didn't watch much. I just watched one game, he, but he, he hangs around the line of scrimmage all day. And, and I, in fact, the one, the one tape, he got ejected early in the first quarter because he targeted. And of yeah. course it was a BS call because the running back lowered his head. And, but he, he, he lays the lumber. I mean, there's, there's some Harrison strength there. Maybe not that much strength, but you watch him run. You'll see, you'll see Harrison. You may not remember the head and his idiosyncrasies, but you'll remember uh, you'll remember Harrison and and Robinson. His gait in the open field very similar to Harrison. And Harrison, I remember after his great year, 
I asked one of the scouts, so where would Harrison go today if he was coming out? He said, still undrafted, too slow. His time is too slow. He's too short. You know, you can't imagine he's going to be the player. And that's how Robinson, Robinson looks a little slow. Yeah. Yeah. I think he ran a four, four, five, seven, I think was his, his time at his pro day. Wow. Uh, but he's a, he, I he mean, doesn't look at, yeah, he's, he's a developmental guy. He's going to be a project. If anything, he'll contribute on special teams, but you look at that inside backer room now, uh, outside of Devin Bush and Miles Jack, you got Spillane, Gilbert, the third, Marcus Allen, Buddy Johnson. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for him to make the roster. Probably practice squad is most likely for for him. And then Ola Doken. Ola there you go. Yeah, here we go. Chris Chris Ola Doken out of South Dakota State. They select two quarterbacks. So they double dip twice in this draft, two wide receivers, two quarterbacks. This guy's very, very raw, but he's got an NFL arm. He's got the mobility. He could throw the the deep ball with a flick of his wrist. Um, again, developmental guy. Uh, we yeah. talked a little bit about him. Anything you want to add on Ola, Ola Dokin? Okie dokie. Okie dokie. Yeah, uh, yeah he, he, looks, he looks like a good pick for a seventh rounder. Um, he uh, looks like a leader, too. And there were some really cool gadget plays he was involved with on YouTube, if you check them out. One, uh, it was fourth and one, and they snapped the ball under his hands to the running back behind him, and the running back faked a step and then threw a touchdown pass. And the other play was, I believe it was another fourth down play, where uh, he sends a guy in motion. The guy didn't come in motion. He starts yelling at the line of scrimmage, then goes stomping off the field and screaming at the sideline. <laughs> they snapped it to the running back. He get runs for the first down. Real, really good actor, I'll tell you that. <laughs> he Creativity. was really giving his coaches the business. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I don't know what else to say about him. He, he's got the arm. He's got the mobility. He's got the size. Uh, nice project. Couple uh, quarterbacks were picked uh, very soon thereafter in the seventh round, so it was a good thing they grabbed him when they did instead of waiting in for edge because uh, there were some other teams that drafted quarterbacks. I can't imagine they didn't want this guy instead of who, whomever they got. Yeah, yeah, it was an interesting pick. Yeah, yep. the first time since. Do you know when the last time they drafted two quarterbacks? Oh, jeez. Um, wow. I'm not that good, Jim. 1968. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 1968. Wow. Wow. Yeah, they had uh, Dick Shire and uh, Kent Nix. Okay. So, I mean, Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, Dick Shiner, Kent Nix. That's the kind of quarterbacking you have when you go and draft two. Yeah. You know what? I just thought of this. It's a quarterback sandwich. Okay. First round, seventh round, and everything in between. Okay. All right. Well, we can name the podcast the quarterback sandwich. Quarterbacks. There we go. That's the title. We're going to have to get Ola Dokin on here. <laughs> that would be great. I just got to pronounce his name right. Old Dokin. You're getting better and better each time. I, I, I'm, I'm feeling good about myself. Uh, final thoughts um, on this draft. 
these these selections, I guess, overall takeaways? Oh, just just how interesting the offensive pieces are falling. And, and you know, you hope it doesn't come down to um, show us your shirt. Oh, thank God for Minka. Thank God for Minka. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you keep drafting these offensive players. Minka's going to have to make all the tackles. I know he led them in tackles the last two years. And you hate to see that from your free safety. That's three of the last four years their free safety has led the team in tackles. Yeah. That's not that's not by design. <laughs> no. So you just uh you, you hope you don't have to win shootouts all the time. That's just not Pittsburgh football. Right. But boy, this is an exciting array of offensive pieces, skill pieces they're putting together. It is gonna be a fun uh training camp. Can't wait for that to get here. Uh, and then one thing we'll hit on before we we're going to do a terrible three. We haven't done one since we were actually talking about football games. Um, but the signing of DeMonte Casey uh, played safety and cornerback signed to a one year deal. Um, I know they just this didn't happen the last episode uh, that we talked, but they signed Terrell Edmonds to a one year deal. So they have their uh, strong safety in place. But where do you see, see Casey fitting into this defense? Well, uh, let me draw it out of you. What did you say? He's a, a safety slash cornerback? Safety, safety slash corner. So yep, what yep. is that? It's your nickelback. That's there you your go. slot corner. That's your Mike Hilton. Okay. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Good thinking. Yeah. That's why I asked you, because I was a little confused by the signing. I'm trying to draw you out. See, you know the answers. You really do. So. Awesome. All right, Jim, you ready for a terrible three? Let's do it. All right, here we go. So, number one, we got to talk quarterback. Will Kenny Pickett be more Dan Marino or Pete Gonzalez? You know, I, I, I've been saying for three months he's not Dan Marino, but I got to say he's more Dan Marino than <laughs> Pete Gonzalez. Come on. I was going to throw Nathan Peterman in there, but I I thought Pete Gonzalez was was a little bit more of a deep cut. Well, we can also do this because, uh, uh, you know, um, for two years, his, his junior and senior, this was his fifth year senior this past year, yep. but his junior and senior year, his third and fourth year, his TD to interception ratio was 13 to nine both years. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, what's that number mean to you? Pete Gonzalez. Beat West Virginia 13 to nine. Oh, okay. So we, maybe he is more, he was more Pete Gonzalez. Then what was last year? 42 to seven? Yeah, it was insane. That's Dan Marino. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, the other thing I saw a statistic too where it said that uh, I think in his, the, the two seasons prior to this past season, that the pit led the uh, NCAA in drops. I don't know if you saw that, the receivers. So uh, I was amazed all year at his accuracy. He yeah. was putting it in tight windows. Here's a question for you, Jim. Yeah. Do you know what Kenny Pickett majored in at Pitt? He was marketing. Okay. Maybe he can market the, the show. <laughs> the Chris Oladokun show? <laughs> yeah, the Chris Oladokun show. There we go. All you know, the starting quarterback is going to be too busy for our podcast. <laughs> So we'll get the reserve. We got to get into the reserve because they're they're usually more humorous, and plus people like the reserve more. They're always calling for the reserve. That's true. That's yeah. true. All right, Oladokun, Chris Oladokun, 
you're invited. <laughs> Just reach out. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. George Pickens will punch Marcus Peters in the face this year in one of the contests against the Ravens, yes or no? Yes. <laughs> and we will all cheer. <laughs> it's going to happen. 15 yards, and he'll break his hand. You'll have me on. We'll do a podcast. You'll yep. say, Jim, you called this last May. The dude's got to – we like the punching, but don't break your hand. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's he's needed for the postseason. So. Right. All right. And Kevin Colbert got emotional in his press conference with Mike Tomlin following the draft. Uh, was really a special moment. Um, really enjoyed that press conference. And, um, you know, Colbert's resume speaks for itself. Is it enough? Is Kevin Colbert a Hall of Famer? Man, I love Kevin. So you really put me on the spot. There's only one way I can answer that. <laughs> well, I'm going to say yes, but I'm also going to say that those two Super Bowls, there were some key players that Tom Donahoe brought in too. I'll just say, I mean, some real cornerstone guys. Yeah. Fanica, Aaron Smith, Heinz Ward. Dermonti. No. I, I, I thought there were four really key guys. But anyway. Uh, so, you know, let's give Tom Dono a shout out too. I don't, this, he was intending this to be his last year with the Eagles. He was all excited. They had three number one draft picks and wow, the Eagles did put together a heck of a draft. I love AJ Brown. Yeah. They traded for the wide receiver, but um, you know, that's a tough call for Kevin yeah. uh, for, for us. Uh, so I'm going to say yes, because I like him. <laughs> But with a shout out to Tom Donahoe for helping too. So. Yeah, yep. He uh, he will definitely be missed, and we should be finding out uh, relatively soon because I think May thirty first is his final day with the team. So we should know who the next gen- general manager is. Um, but again, if you haven't saw that press conference with Tomlin and Colbert following the draft, check it out. It's definitely a treat if you are a Steelers fan. And with that, Jim, that wraps up episode 29. Can you believe next time will be number 30? Um, and we're, we're going to have Chris Oladokun. We're going to have Oladokun on next episode. Who is the no? Who's the number 30? Who's the 30 with the two? And by the way, I just Chess thought Chess Scott. Oh. <laughs> we, we can, you see, you're just taking away that uh, that, that uh, laudatory note I just gave for Donahoe. He, he dropped the Chad Scott. But he also drafted Joey Porter with the other guy. There we go. But, uh, yeah, so uh, thanks for putting up with my nonsense today. Yeah, it's all good, all good, Jim. And uh, we'll be back. Uh, we'll let you know when we're going to be publishing uh, episode number 30. We Literally, we will try to get all of and We'll see if we can make it happen. Uh, but we really appreciate you watching, listening, sharing with your family and friends. Please give us a like here on YouTube. Subscribe. Uh, you can check out Jim's work at the Still City Insider, of course, and give him a follow on Twitter at Jim Wexel. You can check out my work at thestillstudy.com. Give me a follow at Still Study, and we will see you next time on episode number 30. We're hitting 30 of the Still City Insider podcast. Take care, everyone. Thanks, Jeremy.